I was going to say, don't you pull a Harvey on this. I didn't hear the lady start talking until just a second ago. I was like, hold up a second. I was like, we're live, but we ain't live live because I ain't heard the lady talking. So I got to hear that twice. I appreciate that. Thanks, boys. Thank you. I got right. it. Well, you can hear and- it for the rest of your life. <laughs> the oh, rest no of your life. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. No <laughs> doubt. ICP Swollen Members. That underground connect, swiftly moving in the darker night, over this Mikey Clark. Bring it. A lot of severely depressed kids uh, really enjoy music a lot. So I think this uh, draws a lot, brings him out of his shell socially. It's been really good for me. Always looks forward to music. Well, I have panic disorder, rage, severe depression, on top of all that, I'm stressing. Uh-huh. Took a blind date to my therapy session, and then tried to kill her. Her first impression was I'm groovy, I gotta be, I need a lumbotomy, yes. but when I press play, trouble leaves up out of me. Fuck the real world in my fat ass fucking, cause in my music, hotties are fucking Woo. expression. Getting out all I wrote, depression, ripping out all your throat, and if my hearing was ever to go, mass murder would be inevitable. <laughs> I'm a slick romantic, quick-witted and funny, take away my tunage and shit gets bloody pull out the plug and kill the track instant panic attack gigantic high only through the magical world of melody And squeeze and stab it They try terrorists out with rock and roll They don't give me any and I'm out of control All I need is freedom, unlock my soul Ignite my powers, shock explode a lot, brings him out of his shell socially. My name's Mad Child, I got mental problems. Walk around town a demented goblin. I'm the little monster, I'm going batshit. Axes and hatchets, packets of matches. Homicidal maniac, I am diabolical. Angry and maniacal, I'm a human fireball. Stand vertical, mad to mass murder. Recycle, laugh hurting you, mad to mass murder. Illusionary confusing my very essence. Execution from an execution every sentence. Very various versions inside the graveyard of perfection. No comparing our performance to the patterns of regression. When I hit it, I'ma get it till the music flood the market I'm a tsunami, swollen army, general front line A flat line, a black bond, a rhyme book, fact finder I strive
Only through the magical world of melody I'd rather die Than face the sounds of my reality I strive Only through the magical world of melody I'd rather die Than face the sounds of my reality I strive Only through the magical world of melody I'd rather die Than face the sounds of my reality Welcome to Maniacal Music Musings, where we challenge each other to listen to a CD and pick our top five off of it. That's right. And we even give the reviews to both of our choices. I'm Jeremy Bryant. I'm Chancey Grife. And we are the Maniacal Music Musers. And this week, we have a very, very special guest. The first of the infamous bracket bastards to come on the podcast. The one, the only, Black Thunder. Velveteen Dream. <laughs> the Velveteen Dream. I Black couldn't remember Thunder. it. Black Thunder. It's funny. Um, That's I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that name for this particular recording. I, I prefer to go by Velveteen Dream, but um, Black Thunder Dream. can't can't go wrong with Black Thunder. It sounds sounds powerful. I don't know why. I, I mean, it I, really does. I saved your profile picture to my freaking computer for this advertisement for this podcast. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah, that, and that's the first thing that came to mind. I went to make a name for it was Black Thunder. Thunder. All right. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I'll take but it. For all our listeners, Harvey is from Bracket Bastards. Men are the prize, and love is black. Hashtag when done right. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag don't forget to hit to record. Yeah, I know. Oh, we're gonna get shirts. We're gonna get shirts made with just me. Oh, dude. Just, just me. Just with you. Just, just like you sitting there like this. I we gotta get a like a still of you with your hand on your chin like this, and ever like just randomly in one of the shows, and then you know use that with a button in front of it. Mm. Just Could have the, at, have a whole call sign. Push the button, Harvey. Hashtag push the button, Harvey. Push the button. That's right out of rush hour. Push the that's, button. Push the button. That's the whole. That's a whole movement right there, dude. Mm-hmm. A whole movement. Push the button, Harvey. That's the first one too. That's here. He has. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> so for those who don't know, this week I have picked Moulin Rouge soundtrack number one for my choice. Which there are, yes, there are two of them. Color me, well, actually, don't call me surprised because I did know that, but this one is slightly better. The other one has some of the original actual songs in the movie on it that are better, but, and we'll get into that when we get to the album, I'm sure. Chancy, what did you bring to the table, sir? I chose uh, what you ex- previously expected at the very beginning. My favorite band of all time, Dog Fashion Disco. But I wanted to try and pick a introductory style album to kind of, you know, get your, you know, dip your toe in the water, get your feet wet, check and see how cool that water is. 
but instead I realized when I went through to pick my uh, to pick my five, I was like, oh wait, this might not have been the one I should have chose for like uh, everybody gets everybody might get something out of this for album. I forgot how short it was, and at the same time, I forgot how much chaos could be put into such a short period, like a sh a short, you know, shortly recorded album. <laughs> I love it, but at the same time, I was just like, "Oh no, oh no." Well, put I you'll hear about this when we get your album, but I did rather enjoy your album to some to Bitch, some, oh, sweet to some degree but you'll hear about that to some to some degree i i love the little backhanded at the only i really really enjoyed your stuff however it sucked royally <laughs> well you can't be a bastard without throwing some backhands down there here and there but and yeah. but the the album i did surprisingly well not surprisingly but did more than i thought i would enjoy What's the one that Harvey brings to the table, our guest today? Harvey, what did you bring? So I chose an, um, an album, a collection of quality music by my favorite artist, my favorite musician of all time. That would be Eric Clapton. And it is an album that he did with the legendary B.B. King. It is called Riding with the King. Um, I just fell into um, to Eric Clapton, early 90s. I think I was in college. And, it, I went into Layla and all the early stuff, and then I fell deep in cocaine, all the great stuff and the blues and everything. And I liked blues before I had seen, I'd found Eric Clapton. But when it got together and when I finally heard them perform, and I saw them in concert, by the way, I've seen Eric Clapton and B.B. King together, Ooh. which is the single best concert I've ever like, that's awesome you got to see them both in, yeah. in concert at the same time but like unreal you know I, I I just can't not poke the bear in the corner of the room sure the fact that you were literally just like fell big into fell big into the cocaine or it fell big into cocaine i heard that and i was like what the that's fuck? fine it's fine we both know it's a song i mean we i, I don't do the drugs but i understand that i understand well, that but i, I picked, also i picked very, the wrong song to mention I yes have a very facetious sense I, of humor so i'm thinking to myself <laughs> oh here we got a guy talking about falling face, you know, falling face first into some cocaine. What do you think left for me to do was to have dipped my head, did a little sniff, or come back have up little, and just wipe off the sugar, little something over here? Oh, oh, oh! Okay, I'm ready to talk now. Let's go. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know we had Jack Nicholson on the podcast today. No, 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 no. I'm, oh, I'm Clapton. I'm the Derek and the Dominoes. I am all of it. I just, he's the man, the greatest guitarist. In my well, opinion, of all time, it's in funny. It's funny you say that though, because after his album ended today in my car, the first song that came on afterwards on the on Spotify is "Cocaine." That which I was funny. just I was driving off an exit in the throughway, and that came on. I was like, all came to my mind is Starsky and Hutch movie. But mm. Mm. <laughs> the man has done it all. He's worked with everybody. I mean, we will be we're talking about this album, "Baby King," but he's worked with. He, he did songs with Babyface. He's done pop stuff. He's done 
he's a legendary artist in every fashion. So it, it was an easy choice when it came down to picking something for you guys. That was, it was just a matter of which Clapton album I was going to pick. And I figured I would go with two legends. So that was a simple choice. Well, see, I had two choices. I could have continued two jokes from Bracket Bastards. And I could have either did the one I did, which we'll get into the reason I did that when, I, when we You're get welcome. to it. You're welcome, by the way, Harvey, because he, he came to me and he asked me. Did I? He was like, yes, you did. You were like, you're like, Chancy, which of the two choices should I choose? To, should I really fuck with him? Were you going to do, do Millennium or something? Was that your other option? No. Uh, okay. actually, I, I actually no, said he that. told me, I asked him if it had anything to do with old Willie, and he said no. Neither of them had anything to do with Mr. Smith. Oh. And then he told me what they were, and I forgot which one I told him to choose, but I know that he had one choice out of the two that was definitely much more of a <laughs> well, fucking just nudge you right between the ribs. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Since he's our first guest, I think I'll choose this one because we're, you know, you know. Well, okay, what is what, it? You know, what was it? I don't know. What is, well, what, what is it? It was, I was going to do an Ice Cube CD. Oh, well, I don't have a problem. Well, I understand. I understand why now that would have been interesting. It. I get yeah. it now, but Ice Cube wouldn't have worked. I, no, Ice Cube wouldn't have been a problem. Chances are I've heard the album anyway. So, Oh, it was, actually, it, it was going to be his newest album that came out in 18. Oh, in, in 2018? It was 2018 or 2019, somewhere in there. Okay, well, yeah, it would have been something I would have to listen to again. But hey, but, uh, I'm uh, actually. He was based doing on... it more for the joke, based on it. Well, no, I mean, I I do love that CD too. But I mean, I like a lot of Ice Cube CDs. But yeah. it's just what I'll say is based on what I had to listen to. You probably should have chosen the Ice Cube CD. I'll leave it at that. Ouch. Ooh, I can, I can feel the burn going down my throat, into my oh. stomach, and slowly just granulating in my nuts. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> all right let's talk about it boys let's all i'm right. ready man well let's since Har- we did me and chancy decided off camera the guest is going to get to do their album first so harvey it's your choice though do you want to bust a nut over your cd yourself or do you want one of us do you want us to do our reviews of it first well how about this how about i'll, I'll just mention the album again describe it and then i'll leave it to you guys to go at it that fair that good yes yeah, so like I mentioned, I picked the fantastic album of Riding with the King with Eric Clapton and B.B. King, two legends in music in general, in blues, Clapton and rock. B.B. Um, King, one of the largest, figuratively and literally, in this guy. <laughs> I was gonna say, come on now, pun intended. Hey, pun intended. That, hey, that man could play Lucille like nobody's business. He could be as large as he wanted. That's the man in terms of guitar playing. Um, I chose it because I love the artist, because I love the music, I love hearing them sing together, and it's because I saw them in concert. And basically, if you can I imagine, think you gotta, I, that, 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 I think that that's the that's the 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 the, the origin bo- origin source of your bias on that. You think so? 
No, I, I do. think it's a great. I, I think it's a great. I mean, I, well, I'll get. We'll, I'll, we'll wait when I get around. When I get around to it, I will okay. I will give my. I will give you my opinion, sir. That that could be it. I what I the last thing I'll say is that when I saw them. No, I'm sorry. Say all no. you'd like. I would. I just had to fucking say no, something stupid. It's your show, man. Say what you will. I'm gonna have a little bit here of the moonshine because we are talking the blues. Allow me a moment. So. Heart. So, gotta have shine. Chanty, you're making me. He's making me want to go blind again. Drink some moonshine. <laughs> oh shit! Y'all be careful. Those two. I watched those two, and when they performed, they got to a point where you can imagine two masters, and they're just going back and forth. BB with a four or five minute solo, just killing it. Clapton comes back, and he's going. BB's like, "All right, I got you. I see you. I'm gonna go back." And it was, it was beautiful, and it's. It's music at its finest because I I enjoy instrumentals. I enjoy music. So that concert worked for me. This album worked for me. But I'm interested to hear what either one of you or both of you have to say about this album. So um, as you said, just, I guess, spray, release your... Spray and pray. Spray and pray, release your mind juice upon us and let us know what you think, sir. Chante, shall you go first or mine? I was going to say, how are we going to do this? You rock, paper, scissors, and you want to flip a coin? Okay. Well, how about I go first on how I felt about it, and then you can, yeah, okay. your, then you can give your review, and then we'll do top fives after. Yes. But since if I don't go first, it's going to be like an hour of me waiting for to go first. So. <laughs> Y'all already know. Y'all already know. All right. I love Eric. I liked Eric Clapton before this, so I – and I, I respect B.B. King. I never really listen to his music too much, but when it comes on in public, I don't like shake my head or anything. It's good music. Just not my driving around jamming to music. But this CD was just bomb. I mean, just the opening of the CD was just fire. And like, as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, what is this now? And we'll get into it when I get to my top five more, but most of the tracks in this, I was digging some of the blues ones that were slower were a little like, eh, is this over yet? But I mean, I'm just, for me to actually appreciate the slow blues, I got to be in a really, really shitty mood. I should have dealt with my kids first and listened to it. But, but I mean, it's just, it was a good CD. I can't hate on it at all. It was a good choice and just freaking fire. I mean, and I'll get into more specific songs when we do my top five because my top five and then a couple honorable mentions. Okay. Sir Chancellor, what did thou think? Well, before I get started, I would like to insert a caveat into this. Uh, Kinky. Into this thing here. I am, in fact, somewhat of a fan of both Eric Clapton and BB King. I'm not. I'm not super into BB King. I've actually been in so many arguments with people who are super into the blues because I'm not that into BB King. And they're like, how can you call yourself somebody that likes the blues if you don't like BB King? It's like, what are you talking about, man? Just because I don't like BB King doesn't mean I don't like the blues, like Muddy Waters and and like, like all the people people I previously mentioned before, like you know, Sun uh, Sunhouse and Lead Belly, and I mean, I mean, just 
John Lee Hooker. I mean, all that just so nice and so it's just it's just deep and soulful. But like when I when I went back and listened to Hold On I'm Coming, when it was just BB King, when it, when it was done back in the '60s, like you could just you, when you when you when you heard Clapton and King playing it together, like you could just hear. Like it was more like he was talking about somebody in heaven because he was fixing the guy. He was like, "Hold on, I'm coming," because that's how it kind of felt the whole way through. Like uh, um, when Harvey was uh, Harvey was saying and what he was saying at the very beginning about how when he went and saw them, like there was this point where they could do this thing where they went back and they went forth. It to me that sounded more like you know. Eric Clapton knew when B.B. King was getting kind of wore out on playing, so he'd step up and play out more so B.B. King could take a break. And and it sounds like I'm hating on B.B. King, and I don't mean to be doing so. But, I mean, I'm just, I got to give my, you know, like, you know, I think in, in my, you know, in, I know Layla and everybody, everybody talks about all these songs I mean, I think, I think you know the best thing that Eric Clapton did was was what he was playing in Cream. I wish that they would. I wish you know. I but that's just my own kind of own opinion. Uh, I guess his rendition of Crossroads that he did, that he covered from Robert Johnson's, was good. So like, I'm willing to make concessions and say that Eric Eric Clapton's a good artist and BB King is also a good artist, but. Like, I just think that this compilation album was like 20 years too late, if you ask me. That's just kind of what I, that's just kind of what I think. I don't know, Harvey. I don't know if you can agree with me on that or if you even see kind of where I'm even coming from in that. Because, no. like, I for, no, just, just that damn just a quick ass nope no no i was i i hear you um no i actually understand what you mean um we're getting with this album we're obviously getting towards the you know bb's on the is on the back back nine of his career and his life Mm -hmm. obviously so this is in bb at his you know at his absolute best right and and obviously clapton is a fan so this is kind of a labor of love for him i've always wanted right always wanted to do an album with one of his you know mentors somebody he loved for sure so they got together and they played and they i'll tell you one thing may not love all the tracks but if there's one thing that's apparent is that those two were having fun that's the yeah. one thing that i oh got yeah there. like eric you is could in pick it you could even pick it up on the on the recording that that they were having fun doing it it oh, was yeah. absolutely it, yeah right when you start and what you said about I think was it Jeremy when you said how this album when it first starts, you're like you're liking it. For me, a lot of how I feel about an album will depend on how it starts off, and that'll be we'll bring that back up in a minute when I talk. But this album right out the gate, just get to it, and I'm like it's fun, it's rollicking, and I feel like they're sitting in the studio and they're just playing and they're having a damn good time. That's the feeling I got, and after. 
for sure. I got, yeah, I remember when that came out, I got a copy of it early because I used to work in a music store. So I would get those promo copies. Nice. And I remember listening to it thinking, damn, this is right off the bat. No, we don't start with ballads here, man. We go right to it. We go right to the heart of it. And it's fun. It's not the best work because we didn't catch them at their, you know, at the best time. We, did, we needed to catch Clapton right when he wrote Layla. We need to catch him, you know, when he's on the stuff. When he's trying to steal somebody's when girl, he's when he's staff. playing his playing his best music, and BB kind of BB at his best is really before Clapton really yeah. at his apex. So it's I'd say even like BB twenty years before that record was made would still be well within being able to say that it was in his prime, albeit the back end or the back side of his prime, like. Mm-hmm. The burning out of the third stage rocket, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I was really hoping you would understand that because, like, because, no, like, I when I, like I totally until I was kind of listening to you describe what got you into it was totally I like I was hating on the album, like listening to it hard. Like I was like, man, fuck Eric Clapton and fucking. You know, fucking BB King, goddamn it, you know you're alright too, but like fuck you too. But I mean, like, goddamn it, this is some fucking bullshit. You know what it is? You're not hating on the album. You are expecting more. That's I, I, yeah. I just it's because yeah, I guess like I know what what talent they possess. Exactly, exactly. And and then I didn't stop and give myself room for wisdom to have the thought that I just did that this album would be beyond amazing had it been done 20 25 years before it actually was actually completed yeah and you know yeah. obviously time time i mean there's no way time and time makes for the world exactly there's no way for them to match up and to do it at their at both of the apexes of their careers but for what they did what i this is reminiscent to me and i always find a way to bring movies into things for me i this album is like godfather 3 to me you know i love godfather Mm. to me godfather 3 is the worst of the three movies but still amazing this is probably the worst thing that these two did and still amazing but there's so much more that it could have been it's when you have a certain expectation for artists when you've seen them live when you've heard the studio albums when you've seen the concerts when you've seen them perform with everybody we when we remember Clapton was like a fifth beetle. Like this is not right. This is not a side guy. This is a fucking legend we're talking about. Right. And then you put him with another legend, and then like, all right, I'm gonna put this in. This is something I want to listen on vinyl. I don't even want the CD. Let me put this record in. Put the needle down and let's go. And you're like, yeah, it's okay. But I could get okay from anybody who thinks they can play blues. But I want Eric Clapton level, BB King level blues, and I didn't get that. It's a solid album. For anybody else, it's their best album. For these two, it's par for the course. That's just the feeling I get. If I could have ever seen anything from Eric Clapton doing a compilation album, would have been uh, Eric Clapton and Chuck Berry. Could you imagine that? Oh, no. Like, like even when he was old and bad, like old and you know getting arrested for being a pervert. <laughs> but like for real though, like, could you imagine what kind of an album that Eric Clapton and and 
Chuck Berry could have could have made playing together because I know that him and Keith uh, Richards did a little little this and that like back in the day, but I mean, fucking Keith Richards. That it'd be amazing. What's it? What, I'm thinking about. I had a thought. It, it kind of went away. Where did it go? With Please with, come Chuck, back. with Chuck, but Chuck Berry. I think Eric Clapton would have been out of his mind on stage with that man. And what I love about, I guess, Clapton's British. I, I love yeah. about those artists is the respect that they have for the musicians here. Right. There's a respect for, especially black music, music for those artists that you don't really get here. Like, I'm not a fan of the Beatles at all, but they know damn sure that they yep. weren't the original. Where they got their where they got they know, their shit from. They know where they got it from. Rolling Stones are the same. The Who is the same. All these artists yep. know I'm big, but I'm not big unless these people came first. And Clapton is the same. And I respect that about musicians, especially the Brits. A lot of R&B artists will go to Europe or go to Great Britain and perform and be big out there because they love music. Yep. And here You're we have correct. a tendency to title. We we categorize music. This is black music. This is blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. You go there. It's like yep. music. Can you play a guitar? Can you play a harmonica? Can you, you know, can you get on the drums? They like music. I like mm-hmm. music. Right. And that would have been crazy. Clapton and Barry together would have been just utter foolishness. Oh, just utter, utter fucking chaos. Clapton would have been in the crowd just watching. The he king of rock and like the the honestly the creator of rock and roll. Right. If you ask me, if him you ask Richard. me, him and Little Richard, him and Little Richard, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. the creator, the co-creator of rock and roll, and the uh, I'm not sure how you would describe Clapton in a blues context, because like I guess you could say he was a revitalizer because. When he was really kind of getting started doing his thing, like all you really had was BB. Like they were doing, like they were doing recordings of John Lee Hooker, and uh, like the one that I have from Sunhouse is like in the it's like from the '60s, and they're like polished recordings from like before that when he was old, old. And that's that's the good stuff. That's the blues. I'm actually trying to. I think I told you about it, but I'm actually working on trying to. Uh, um, there's a song called uh, "Grinning in Your Face," and it's just him literally singing and clapping. And I, what I want to do is, I'm working on putting music behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like basically i've already actually got uh the bait like a baseline a good baseline set for it and because i mean in all reality uh i'm kind of doing it all in reverse instead of instead of you know the words being you know directed by the music the music is directed by the words Cause I'm not changing the core. I'm not changing any of the words really outside of what's required to make time. Cause since it's him without any instruments, he's somewhat off time periodically when he's singing the song. I'll take it. And, and I, it's not much of a change really as it is just a nudge in the right, you know, just to keep it on time. But, uh, I think when it's done, if I can, if I can get it, 
done and done with the right people, you know, in the proper settings to where it sounds as it should, I think it could really turn some heads. But that's just my opinion, of course. Good. Anyway, let me yeah. enough about me. Yeah. So what what's next? Do I get to hear the top five for each of you? What do we do here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, actually, like you, you, I want to hear your top five. Yeah, first. we hear your top yes. five first, and then we can see okay. how we can see how many each of us has in common with yours. Okay. All right. We really, dude, J Jeremy, we really need to fucking set up the thing where, like, what did like when it like when it's on the same number as what we would have, like. Like, like, I don't know, maniacal bingo or something crazy like that. Like, they That's have points. Title. They have points towards maniacal bingo. And then you, we have to, whoever has, you know, once we reach X amount of points, then we have something special set aside that we do for content or this, that, and the other. I don't know. I'm just crazy. Just a crazy guy throwing out these crazy ideas man we'll all right it, we'll so, put it into, we'll put it into consideration all right so yes. you want a top five from this album for me okay i want your top five all right so what i will do is you know because i'm all about the suspense i'm going to go backwards so i'll start my number so five yeah. least important no 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 all of these all of these tracks are important but in terms of just because we need to give you a list here Number five. I number see what five. you did there. Mm. Number five, for no reason at all, is Marry You. I like, I really enjoy that track. It, one thing that I, because I really consider myself hashtag, hashtag music snob, I'm very particular about songs and really about the order, about how an album flows, how the songs work together, the production when it's done right when it starts from the beginning, when it feels like it's a story going all the way through. Marry You is not a great song, but where it lands on the album feels good to me. It feels like it goes right along. So I like that. That's number five for me. Uh, number four for me is Hold On, I'm Coming. I'm going. I'm coming too, giggity. So, giggity. Yes. I like all of these songs. So it was hard for me to sit there and come up with the top five for these. So I had to find a reason. Why am I going to pick this over something else? And in the end, I decided to go with the flow of the album. Hold on, I'm going. Really worked. I enjoyed that. Number three, 10 Long Years. It's a damn good track. It's a damn good track. Number two is When My Heart Breaks. And number one is because this album starts with a bang, is Riding With The King. That's my oh, favorite track of oh. this album. I like right from door, right from door. And I'm very much one of these guys. I like a lot of people. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of albums when the first song hits, damn, I like how it starts. And I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the album all the way through. Exactly. It's like drums, you know? Oh, I got you. I should have brought yeah. demons. I should have brought demons and wizards to the fucking table, man. If I knew that, but... I wish I would have fucking had him listen to American fucking head charge. And if he likes that fucking flow shit, that'd have been fucking goddamn. Like, I'm so <laughs> mad right now. Well, I'll say, Harvey, you match, you match four out of five of my top five, but not you got none of the same number. One, you none got one, you got one of mine on top five, but not. Not saying what it is. All right, Chancey. I think like I, where 
well, since I got the most in common with them, why don't I go next and then you can finish this off because I'm interested to hear what the hell is your top five if it's not one of those. <laughs> well, I'll be the first one to tell you is I am not, I have no intention of finishing either one of you off. So y'all are going <laughs> to. You're not getting close enough to finish me off, man. Well, not, today, right. not today, Satan. All right. Not today. <laughs> well, ho- hold on, Chancey. I'm coming. But <laughs> nah. Nah. but I had two honorable mentions before I get to the top five that didn't quite make the top five, but I liked them enough where I wanted to mention them. And that was Days of Old and Come Rain or Come Shine. Because those are both some solid fucking tracks right there. And they, I like the bluesy feel to them. I, I like blues when it's about like talking about your past. That's why I like about it. Like, cause that's what blues is supposed to be originally. It was just talking about your life. Right. But number five for me was I want to be because I do like that song. That song was banging. It had a good rhythm to it. It had good back and forth between two of them. It just amazing. And I think that's the only one I had that was different from Harvey's. Okay. Okay. Number four was 10 Long Years because I like, like I said, I like the history songs about like their lives. And mm-hmm. 10 Long Years was a good song. And I mean, just typical BB King, that, that to me is blues. Like right there, that's a blues track. Mm-hmm. And number three was definitely Marry You because Marry You. I could I could see that song being like my wedding song or something like that. Like it's a good fucking song. Like it's a good love song. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. like I was actually bobbing my head to that one in the car as I'm driving along fucking Route 146 in Worcester. But which, yeah, if it, I mean, I swear to God, people were looking at me when I had my windows open, smoking, and like this music was blasting out. <laughs> but especially in the middle of Worcester. But number two was of course riding with the king because. That opener, as soon as I heard that opener, it was just so banging because I turned on the CD and I'm like, oh shit, I was wrong. We got, we got two. Sorry. Keep going, Jeremy. I'm but, dumb. No comment. But uh, <laughs> Ryan with the King was just a banger of an opener. And it just, it's, I'm like, I'm turning on the CD and like, I just turned off my choice of CD. And I turn on this one, I'm like, I don't know what to expect from this. I mean, I like both these artists, but I don't know about them together. I turn this on, riding with the king. And it's just like, oh, hello there. Yes, Mr. Clapton. But hello. And of course, number one, if you couldn't guess, is hold on, I'm coming. Which, besides the ironic funniness of the title in the song, it's just, it had a really good, it was a really good song. The lyrics were great. The freaking tempo was great for it. And the whole time of the song, I am just thinking, like, when you're with your girl in bed and, like, she's like, I got to pee or I got to cramp. You're like, hold on, girl, I'm coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all I thought about the whole song because that's just the way my mind works. As you that's know. As, as fucking both, hilarious. As, both, as you both know, and as I'm sure most of my listeners know by now. Yes. Oh, the head bastard himself, Freddie Fisher, is watching us. Yay. Oh shit! Oh. Yay, Freddie! Our one knowing listener right now, but it works. Hey, you know what? Welcome. Thank you for being. He wants. There. To, he wants to see what he's in for next week. Okay. Oh, he's just. Oh, oh, well, shit! By this time, yeah. Okay. Okay. But, we'll give him. We'll give him a show. But yeah. So 
hold on i'm coming was number one for me and i literally just want to say it like hold on i'm coming like <laughs> just the way my mind works and I, you know i had to you know i was gonna poke fun with this harvey you knew it before i even came on the show of course i did, of course <laughs> I, did. But, I have to check these song titles before i pick if i do this show again it's got to be clean christian rock before you guys mess with it it's the only way it's gonna work hey man my favorite, I haven't even done shit yet. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite rap duo is actually Christian rap, technically. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's valid. Insane Clown Posse getting down with God. Mm, okay. All right. I feel you. I'm Chance. I'm interested, man. I want to hear yours. I want to hear this list. Come on. Break me off, man. All right. So, my, my A number one, King of New York choice is hold on i'm coming because it's i mean on its own like like if you were to be like gun to your head what's your favorite bb king song okay mm-hmm. hold on i'm coming mm-hmm. okay and then uh when my heart beats like a hammer i liked that one too yeah couldn't get into that one but for me, it was more, it was more, um, in a musical element. Cause like, I'm thinking of all the instruments, not, not like, not just the drums or the guitar or, or the bass, but also like, you know, the, the vocals. And that was the thing I was actually, I'm, I, I, I forgot about it until just now. But the one thing that I always was going to say is that what BB always lacked in when he would have to like, like in the things where when they would go back and forth, when he would slow down and not play as he usually would, he would just belt out them blues, them, them blues notes that he was singing all the time. And very well, just, you know, that was what got most of it on my list was the fact that even though you could tell that some of the, uh, that some of the, the pep had lost, had been lost in the step that he really wasn't missing a thing vocally still, like he was still able to do it proper. And then uh, another one is the three o'clock blues. And then uh, riding with the king. Of course, that was our second one. Mm -hmm. And then uh, worried life blues. So you did go for more like the blues tracks than the actual like combination tracks. Well, yeah, man. Like I'm, I like the motherfucking blues. I mean, <clears throat> like I, it started off when I was a kid when I was like real real young I liked classical music because they were on like the Looney Tunes tracks and shit and uh, I was always curious to find out what was playing in the background so I'd look up and listen to like you know you know shit I mean I can go to you know all crazy and be like oh Paganini and you know like everybody's usuals, you know, naturally Beethoven, Bach, you know, Mozart, uh, Tchaikovsky, uh, Chopin. But anyway, 
Uh, and then it, I went one day, my mom dropped me off at her sister's place to watch, to be, you know, for babysitting or whatever. And she had this really kick-ass record player and a stereo system. And she was playing Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. And it had just started. So it's like the rain's falling and you don't get those. Because I don't know, if, for those who don't know, it's literally just three notes. And all of a sudden, just out of the, out of the raindrops, you hear just dun dun, just like, oh my god, what is this? And Black Sabbath was actually supposed to be a blues band until he chopped his fingers off, but. Uh, uh, once I heard that, literally my whole taste in music changed forever. It went from like first number one was uh, metal and then number two was classical. And then I further discovered along the way, like, you know, blues and all like all of it, really. I like pretty much everything almost except for polka. <laughs> not, a big, not a big fan of polka. Okay. I don't know why. John Candy would be disappointing in you. Uh, he can be all he wants. I loved him. I loved him. He was a funny man, but no, he's a dead funny man. So, all right. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, that's my number five for BB old BB Kingsy. Uh, so we had two in common all the way around for our top fives for that that CD. Right. No shit. And right. as like as much as I didn't like it, I can I can I can say you know, I I take back some of the things that I had previously said because you know going back like when you guys would point out like I I did actually go for the bluesy like the sticking to the roots bluesy shit but anyway yeah let's let's fucking let's fucking keep this thing going well sir Chancy why don't we jump into Let's jump into your CD because right. your CD was highly interesting. Yeah. Like, like every CD you've thrown me since we started this, it was highly interesting. Minus uh, Batman by Prince. I knew, I kind of knew what to expect with that one, but. Right. Well, yeah. Well, yes, of course. Yes. Yes. But why don't you give us your review of a chance and why you love it so much. And then we'll let our guests give his review. First of all, favorite band. I mean, that just kind of starts it off in there. I could say enough said, but I won't, of course. Um, overtime, because you'll you'll also be hearing this overtime as well. But like, um, the like the first album I heard of theirs was a it came out in two thousand one. It's called Anarchy. It's a good taste, and it's mostly like a heavy metal. And then did another one called Committed to a Brighter Future, which was kind of still heavy, but then started to move into a psychedelic, like, 
trippy style stuff and then uh they did other stuff you know in between that i don't have i haven't quite pick up, picked up yet and stuff like that but then they did uh adultery which is the album which is album man how i jump good with words um is that was the album that i picked it for you guys but actually the like number one a number one main reason that i totally picked it for you guys is uh for both private eye and desert grave and i forgot about uh the uninvited guest the the opening track because that like those three right there if i just like those three right there are probably some like my probably like three i can't even say probably they're they're among my favorites. Like I have two honorable mentions on this, but it, I mean, so I literally only didn't really care for two songs on the whole album. So, I mean, uh, it just, it's, I like so much, so much of the stuff. Like I, I can't, I'm not going to tell which song it is, but if in case you remember or have it on your list, it'll catch your attention. But I love how, they throw crazy things in the back, like in the backs, like background of some of their stuff. Like at one point where there's just like all of a sudden it's just like, help me. And then where parts of it, you can hear in the background where it goes, and if you are a good girl, I will set you free. And this is, I'm just kidding. And it's just funny. <laughs> But like Desert Grave, it, I mean, it's it's like it's like Elvis Presley and fucking uh, Johnny Cash had a love child and they wrote a song. That's what it sounds like. That song sounds that like, like that to me. And I also love how uh, the singer of the band, Todd Smith, writes it like that, like it, especially when it comes to like acoustic melodies. They'll have like a really catchy or upbeat kind of thing and be surrounded by something kind of weird. Like he has a different band called Polka Dot Cadaver and there's a song called Chloroform Girl. And it's it's a beautiful, it sounds like a basic 60s folk songy thing, but the whole song is about this chick that he's got in his basement. And it's like all, you know, sing songy like, your eyes, your eyes look just like bullet holes. It must be all that crying. Like it's crazy nonsense. And then all of a sudden breaks into the like chorus. It's like talks about chloroform girl. How have you been? Don't let me catch you sleeping again. You're only alive because I like you. And you're listening to it and you're like, did he just say you're only alive because I like you? Well, yes. Yes, he did. But yeah, uh, that's why I picked this shit. Let's see what you got, Harvey. Okay. So um, <laughs> I listened to this album after I listened to Jeremy's pick and obviously we'll get into that. So oh, I that was, probably fucked you up pretty bad. Um, yeah, well, I don't know if that's the right term, but I don't think it would have mattered. Um, so oh, thanks. <laughs> so first of all, I'm like, 
what's the name of this band? Dog Fashion Disco. I'm like, this ain't yeah. Yeah, oh, dude, they're so good. That's a hilarious name. And for me, I'm just gonna do it the way you did it. I'm gonna give. Well, should I? I don't. I give my type my top five later, right? I don't do it now. Yeah, later. I don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, just tell me what you think. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, like I mentioned, because we were kind of slightly in contact before we were recording this, and this is not typically my kind of music. I like rock. This is mm-hmm. a little heavier than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um. I. So I'm not going to say I was a big fan of this album. I can say that honestly. But what I can say is that there are moments of really nice music in here. Like I know, right? Good good instrument. They they have some good instrumentals in here. They catch you real. Yeah. Yes. The lyrics are interesting, but I like the music. I particularly enjoy their drummer. I like the drummer. I enjoy the drummer. I think he, he or she, whomever is back there, is doing uh, I believe it's still him. I believe it's still the one, the original dude they had playing. So I enjoyed. I so taking apart, taking away what they were kind of talking about. Some of that shit was random, but just I'm getting so into bad. the music, I'm like, I could. I mean, this is not something I would pick up, but if I had to listen to it, I could get through it. I could get through this music. I like the music, so it's not terrible. It's not something that we'd be playing in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely something that I now can say that I've listened to. Um, it's interesting. And it, it the things that I did like are kind of old schoolish kind of feels that I got with some of these tracks. And when I do the mm-hmm. top five, I'll tell you about it. There's some songs that kind of, bro- one of the songs reminds me of LA Confidential. And if you've seen the movie. And Moonlight I'm like, City Drives. Well done. Well done. I, I, dude, you're talking to a dude that some... for at one time when my, when my, you know, when my girl and I first got together, like her and I would go for drives before she got her new vehicle that has it, like it'll broadcast what's on or whatever. Mm-hmm. She would do that. Like she would hook up her phone and play like, you know, dog fashion disco or any of their other bands. And I would just be like, oh, that's this, this, this 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 like you were just like oh this reminds me of this i'm like oh yeah that's moonlight city drives la confidential fuck yeah it is it's a good feel it's like because i don't know i connect music and tv or movies together a lot of stuff gives me it leads me to something else so i'm hearing it and i'm like i'm imagining that old 40s radio guy talking about you know what happened in the news and i'm like the music fits. It's interesting. See, I'm like, I was thinking it was either that way or Private Eye. Private Eye. Especially, especially with that fucking, when you were talking about the announce, the 40s style announcer, mm-hmm. like the old, the old, uh, 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 what's it? Uh, bo- um, uh, old Humphrey radio Bogart. DJ. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that- no, I was thinking Humphrey Bogart, you know, because of the, the Private Eye. Right, the yeah, old some old Casablanca type of stuff. Yeah. I can see you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But Private Eye is a good track, too. It's uh, clearly it's, it's yeah. on my top five, yeah. Oh, um, was it? Nice! Definitely, yeah. Nice! Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, but, Harvey, yeah. anything, yes, else, anything else to say, or is that wrapping nope, the review? That covers, no, that covers that. Yep, that's the one. Now, Chancy, you know me well enough by now. I'm a juggalo, so the lyrics in this stuff is exactly up my alley, a hundred percent. I like we- I like weird songs about weird, creepy shit. Like it's just how I am. Like it feeds my inner 
demon that I if I don't beat it with the skip music, the demon wants to come out and play. So I keep it in check. But and I when I first heard you talk about this band a long time ago, I was like, Doghead Disco or Dogfish Head Disco or the other Disco. That's dog, awesome. Doghead. <laughs> what? Is it, it Dogfish? Dog it's dog fashion. <laughs> disco. It's still, yeah. still Doghead Disco. That's like that's that's still pretty fucking cool. I'd totally <laughs> listen to them if they were with that. Anyway, that might be the opener right there. But um, yeah. I mean this <laughs> this this CD was pretty damn good actually. I was impressed and I was like, all right, all right, I can do this. I mean. There are some songs I'm just like, eh, this is okay. But there are some multiple songs I'm just like, ooh, because I do have a top five and I have three honorable mentions. I have two on mine. I mean, yeah. So I have more honorable mentions than you, and it was your CD. So that's that's all right. I mean, and you're not like me, and you don't just usually go like, oh yeah, my honorable mention is every other song on the CD. But because okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it was with Nightwish, and that's the way it was with my other music. But not today. But I mean, this. Dog fashion disco is just a good fucking. I I'm interested to hear what else they have to put out, but it's 100. Oh yeah, for sure. I... It reminded me of Guar in the way they do like the skits each song and how like each song has like random shit said in the background. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I could see your all your music seems to have a theme of like the flowing through the CD and like of the crazy skits and words. Like that seems to be your thing, which I could live. I could live with that. That's a. I'd rather do that than have to listen to crappy pop music you're gonna, be, you're gonna be in for a few shocks too because my my music my my music shit goes all over the joint like all over the place like at one point i might give you the marvelettes never heard of them but i will gladly listen to anything you give me i already know harvey know who i'd be talking about and Jeremy, you've heard a Marvelette song. You just didn't know it was the Marvelette. You have for sure. Um, I guarantee you. There's a lot of bands like that where I know their yeah. music by songs, not by the name, but mm-hmm. especially from the 60s and 70s and stuff. But all right. So, Chansey, your CD, your top five Ooh. first. All right. Mine first for the top five. Yep. My number one song I had on the list was The, the Darkest Days. But you know, like uh, Harvey had with his album, I have a bias with this album because, like, I I actually was able to sing with the singer "The Darkest Days," like, you know, from it from like the front row because they do a lot of short, like, small venues, so they basically are close enough that you can just basically sing with them if you'd like. And uh, my number two is uh, "Sweet Insanity." I I fucking love that song. It's just something about it just reaches in and just fucking just love that the layout of the song, the the mel- the melody, uh, the melodic parts when he's talking about you know uh, when he breaks into my sweet insanity. Uh, number three, one of my more favorite songs is Desert Grave. But like I said, that's that's because like I said, it sounds like. Elvis and uh, Charlie Cash had a kid and he wrote a song and it sounds all fucked up. And it's one of those funny fucked up uh, acoustic songs that have really twisted lyrics, but sounds very like you could put other lyrics on this and it would totally pass and work in the genre. And then uh, number four is Private Eye. Like 
Private Eye is almost one of my favorites. It's hard to say that any of them are my favorite, but like it's definitely one of my favorites because of the fact that it's you're like following the 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 private eye detective looking for the killer surprise <laughs> <laughs> and i love how it always goes through the whole thing and then breaks through and it ends the whole track with just a kitten meow and then goes on to the next song just mm-hmm. Just, moves just on. right on into darkest days like yeah. it's nothing mm-hmm. and then my number one favorite song uh which is on number five on my list is the opening track the uninvited guest and i just i i i love that because as i was saying before i pay attention to every instrument not just you know the strings and the percussions and that's basically just like all acapella like i always think i always think about it in my head too like because you know it's like uh it's like you know it talks about i think at one point it's like when he does it and it goes and even in that who there's like uh i want to say it's like a three-way arc in that because it's it's like a multi-level uh singing rather than holding singular it's it's just it's literally like and then it was that voice in your head just so insidious and just like oh yes this is going to be grand the uninvited guests but uh my two honorable mentions are uh, moonlight city drive which uh i thought was awesome because harvey also liked moonlight city drive and then uh silent film that's that was a pretty twisted and fucked up and awesome song as well agreed 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 and agreed <laughs> well that's actually a good segue because harvey gets to get his next top five next All nice right. nice my top five for me like i mentioned we were talking about i was talking about how for me the flow of an album is an important thing for me i like sacrifice of miss rose i love Remember that was one of the ones that i left off i love i should that probably re-listen to that I enjoy it. I feel like, I mean, it led into obviously uninvited guest is the beginning. Yeah. And then it goes, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. It goes right into. Yeah. But I liked. I should have really, really thought. I should have rethought that. You're right. I enjoyed that. Number two. So, number one for me is Sacrifice. I love that track. That's my favorite. Really? That's nice. Hey, Harvey. That's funny. Just. DeAndre wants to know if you said how much you love Will Smith yet. Um, no, wait till the end for that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two for me is Desert Grave. 
And yeah. it's, I hear it and immediately I'm waiting for the man in black to come out and start. Right. It's I told it's, you. It is badass. It, it's blatantly Johnny Cash. Like, it's, oh. oh, it's like, it's, when I heard it, it's like, that's got to be him. Did he write this? Was he in the room when they recorded? Right. Because it's blatantly Johnny Cash. Oh, no it's doubt. It's so great. No doubt. Oh, number three for me is the uninvited guest. I enjoy it. Yeah. I like that. I, like I said, the tracks that I think I enjoyed are the music. I like the instrumentation. Like, I don't, it's just, it is. It's catchy. I agree with you. Number four, Private Eye. Damn good. Nuh uh. Yes. That was Private my Eye. number four, dude. Damn good. Damn good. And for me, it's really, what I thought about, I'm really bad at this. This stuff, I, I can't stay on point with a lot of stuff. I'm hearing this. And for me, I'm imagining. Seth MacFarlane was talking about how he got the voices for Family Guy. And he was talking about Quagmire and how he found that guy's voice. And he used to listen to those, those I guess, those salesmen, those radio old timey. DJs, old timey DJs. And that's what Private Eye feels like to me. It's a dark detective agency. <laughs> yeah, the door it? opens, the long trench coat, and the beautiful woman comes in, and she needs help. And the man's there. And the saxophone and in the background. And, and she's like, you know, are you blah, blah, blah? Can you help me? And it just feels like it sets the scene. I really enjoy that. I really do. All the places in the world she uh, could have came to, and she came, came into mine. mine. Oh, yes. And for me a just kind of on a random kind of like i could play this by myself is moonlight city drive i moonlight love that city. too yeah. moonlight yeah. city drive like city drive. when i heard when i was writing stuff down when i was no listening key. to me it's that felt much. like a that felt like a 70s or 80 tv theme song kind of like, right like some show would right. come on it'd be like moonlight city drive and it's like two detectives chasing some some <laughs> burglar down and yeah it's, dude it's, it's really yes it's so it's in, it's enjoyable i enjoy that um for um for honorable mention i had one honorable mention and that is oh, nice. mature audiences only i thought that track i don't know if i enjoyed it there was something about it that caught my attention I'll have to go back ears. and check that one out again as it well. Caught, it caught my ear. I have, I think, I have such very random tastes in music that if I'll pick up maybe the horns or the drums or the guitar or the bass on a song, if I hear mm -hmm. it, I'm like, hey, it's reminiscent of something else. I don't know what it was about that song, but I enjoyed it. All yeah. in all, all in all, Moonlight City Drive, I would listen to happily. Desert Grave is phenomenal. And Private Eye, I enjoy it, but I'm also. A Hall and Oates fan, so Private Eye for some reason it kicked in that too, but I mean it's again not my cup of tea, but I found some tracks I would listen. I could listen to these songs again. I will actually. I'll get you. Uh, I'm gonna get you that. Uh, I'm gonna try and see. I'll. I'll have to forward you a uh, YouTube link that has because they got the, they actually like waited and remastered a lot of their stuff so they could get their stuff back from the labels they used to be under okay and uh they're not uh, they're great so guys dfd don't fucking hate on me for it but mm -hmm. just the older stuff in my in my opinion sounds better more so because of the added gutturals and more intense and heavy stuff so perhaps you might enjoy their remastered versions of their 
of their older works per se. However, it doesn't have uh, on one on the original Anarchist of Good Taste. There's a uh, song called Mushroom Cult that they did with Serge Tonkian from uh, System of a Down. No shit. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, for that's, real. That's funny because just like Cocaine for Harvey, that came on right. That came on after the CD ended for Dog Fashion Disco. Oh no shit! But I didn't listen to. I, I stopped it because I was getting out of the car at that point and. I didn't even, if I knew Serge was on, I would have fucking sat there and listened to it. <laughs> yeah, Serge is the uh, he did the chorus. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I didn't hear the chorus. That's why I wouldn't know as soon as I heard it. But all right, Chancy, you ready for the top five for him, your best buddy here? Yeah. Uh, well, I had three honorable mentions for Dog Fish and Disco Adultery. Oh, and hello, Jackie. Thank you for watching. But my three honorable mentions were. Silent Film, Desert Grave, and The Hitchhiker. Nice. Because nice. Uh, Silent Film was on my honorables too. So that's fucking, that's even cooler. I like the music of Silent Film and I like the lyrics of it too. It's just, it's catchy, but it just wasn't my top five. There's just better songs right. on the CD than that. For sure. And Desert Grave, you guys already said it all about that song, but it is a damn good song. And it's Johnny Cash ish, which I, Johnny Cash, I can listen to, but I can't listen to a lot of because just like too sad, too depressing. Like I feel like I'm Snoopy laying on top of his doghouse when I listen to it. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and the Hitchhiker was a good song because it just reminded me of like a horror movie, like the way the lyrics were and everything. Like it's perfect, but and it reminds me of like hearing like one of those old timey radio shows, but. My number five was, of course, adultery. Because, oh, really? Because that yeah. was that's a damn good funny. That's a funny song. It's a good song. I like that song. It's a good way to yeah. end, it's a good way to end the CD. Yeah, yeah. My number four was the darkest days. Nice. Because I like the idea of the song. I mean, I've heard a right. lot. Of, I've heard a lot of bands do similar. I mean, dog fashion disco kind of reminds me a little bit of, like I said, gore. But it kind of reminds me of Nightwish, some of the songs they did. Like the, the music in it is like Nightwish in some ways. But because okay. they have all the classical elements that Nightwish uses. Oh, but yeah. 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 They do a lot more yelling than Nightwish does, which is fine. But yes, yes. number three, of course, is Private Eye. Because yes. they remind me of like the old uh, Dick Tracy type things where that's so awesome. I do what I want, honey. <laughs> I like that line, but and of course, oh, and I forgot to say, adultery. I love that. What's a little blood between lovers? Yeah, what's a little blood between the lovers? Yeah, no one needs to know what we do under the covers. <laughs> like I, lo I love that. Like it's just that's that's so perfectly dirty for my mind. <laughs> Cold stiff body under the covers. Actually, that song reminded me of Cradle of Filth a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. But number two was, of course, Moonlight City Drive, which... Moonlight I, City Drive. That was a damn good song. I was jamming That's to that good. shit. I think I even hit back once to start that song over because it was just so... <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. It reminds me of like the opening song in like a GTA game, like when you're crossing the bridge into the city. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. 
And of course, number one, if you haven't guessed it already, Sweet Insanity. Sweet Insanity. It reminds me of a Disturbed, like, it reminds me of Disturbed's Asylum a little bit. Okay. Like the, like the, my sweet insanity. Like, it's yeah. just, like, it's, I, it my, I could hear Disturbed and I could hear, like, Godsmack kind of come together. Fair enough. Fair enough. But overall, I was pleasantly surprised by the CD because I always question every CD I never heard before because I'm like, do I really want to spend my time? Yeah, spend my time, right? Like, because I put off listening to podcasts for a whole day to listen to these three CDs for the most part, and then figure out CDs for next week's episode. But right. So, but it, these were all all three of these CDs were damn worth it. And I even listened to mine like get, on Monday too for a little while because I love it so much. But <laughs> but I haven't heard it in a long time, so it was like a going back to nostalgia of like twenty years ago type thing. But but yeah, so. That basically was my top five and my three mentions for your CD, which Dog Fashion Disco, I know I'm going to hear more of in the future in this show, and I can't wait. Awesome. I'm stoked about that. And I would see them live. I 100% would love to see them live. Yeah, oh yeah, they're great live. Like, it's it's a live change. Like, I saw them live the first time I saw them live. I actually met them and, like, there was a whole thing, like, around my birthday, like, it was just a few days before my birthday and there was supposed to be a whole bunch of people going to the show and it ended up just being me. And one of my friends played a trick on me and said that they were about to like, there's something changed and they were about to go on in like two hours, which would give me just enough time to get dressed and drive to the location where they were doing the show. So like, it didn't open it didn't it was it bit nothing had changed so like i'm there at noon and i gotta wait five hours for the doors to open so i'm sitting there and i long story short you know this dude is talking to me periodically throughout the thing ends up being the keyboardist and i dropped like a hundred and some odd bucks at the merch table you know and uh the uh the dude was like hey uh will you get back here and do this while i go take a break or have a smoke or whatever and the dude i had been talking to all day was like yeah and he walks back there i'm like dude i don't think you can be back there he's like no no i'm pretty sure it's okay i'm like what do you mean he's like i play keyboards in this band i'm like oh my god i went all fangirl it was pretty awesome i would love to see that but it was, oh, for sure. So that makes two bands you introduced to me, Har- uh, not Harvey Chancy, that I would love to see. I mean, I would love to see BB King and uh, Eric Clapton live too, because I'm sure that'd be a bomb ass concert. But even a Ouija board for old BB. Yeah. yeah well, I, I need a we I need a Ouija board to see Odorous too, and I'd love to see him live yeah, with Guar. So. Yeah, you do. But and I want to see that cod piece, and I want to put you right in front of it, Chancy. Fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> but, and my CD. For this one was also you son of a bitch which this cd was picked because with the whole with the head bastard from bracket bastards wholeheartedly agreeing and laughing at this idea because it, it. it brings up bracket bastards because we were supposed to start a secondary show called watch this you bastards which never got off the ground because harvey never watched the movie he was supposed to watch called moulin rouge A 
So I wanted to throw the soundtrack at him just so he could maybe get a little appreciation and maybe, just maybe, he'd watch the movie now because it's a bomb, yes. it's a bomb ass movie. But and it's incredible. But and the soundtrack does not do it justice, I will say that. There's actually two soundtracks for this movie, but this the second soundtrack is more original songs from the movie, but not the good ones. Of course you haven't seen the movie yet, Jamie. I'm not surprised. But <laughs> you don't seem like the musical person to me to begin with. Just oh, I know you do like them some degree, but but Mulan Rouge is one of the greatest love stories ever because it's about going through hell to get the one you love and the one you want. Which okay. I can Valid. I can relate to this movie more than anything in the world because I've the song we'll get into this right in my top five, that's for damn sure. But I just love this I love the soundtrack and some of the songs on it that weren't from the movie, like the Fat Boy Slim one, they're kind of like, right. I'm like, those ones I almost want to skip, but I did listen to them at least once through just to know I heard, I heard them again for the first time in like 15 years since I heard the CD. Because my mom used to blast the CD in the car for like months straight at a time when we were just going back and forth doing errands. She was, she, my mind. she was upset. She was upset. I did it first, but I was upset. She was obsessed with this movie. And eventually, she's told me, sit down and watch it and tell me you don't love it. So I actually sat down and watched the whole thing. And by the end, I was like a 14, 12-year-old kid. Oh, DeAndre says it's a good movie. Huh? I mean, okay, that's cool. I just, I, I mean, I don't care how many times. I'll tell the story all over again. I had to do, I, I had to do stuff in show choir and was forced to watch musicals and against my will and i just don't like musicals i i have this thing i respect that because my wife's the same way my wife does not like musicals but she i i made her watch this back when i told harvey to watch for watch this you bastard because i watched it again then and i made her watch it with me one night and she's like yawning half the time and i'm like oh come on it's a good it's better than that but it's just it's one of the greatest yes. It's one of the greatest love stories ever told. And it's not like most musicals because it doesn't have like all the original corny songs written for it. It's classic. Right. It's classic rock songs and it's everything mixed and it's just mixed together. Go, even, it even has like Nirvana songs mixed in, which I apologize, Chancey, because they not had that song on the soundtrack like I, like I thought they did. What? The song that had the Nirvana bit in it. It's, it's, not, oh. it's, it's not in the movie. That's the song that they're singing when they first introduced the Moulin Rouge, like the actual place. And when when Ewan McGregor goes there with his friends he meets in France, like that's where like they actually are playing that song, and it's not in this soundtrack. It's not in the other one either. Well, I, I mean, I have seen bits and pieces of it, like when uh, people have been watching it, but like I don't remember none uh, of it. Like, it it's on, it's on HBO Max, I believe. It's worth a watch, but yeah, it, my chest hurts thinking about it. Get stoned first. I'm telling you, get stoned first, and you'll enjoy it more. I hope. You need to get your emotions out, and being stoned helps with that. But <laughs> get stoned and think about a girl that did you wrong. That's what works for me every time. But enough about me. Enough of me blabbing about this because I'll get into it more with my top five. I am dying to hear Harvey's review of this because I know it's going to be Star Wars versus Godfather <laughs> all over again. It's not that prolific. Um, 
first, I'm not a big musical person either. Um, but I didn't mind this. Um, the soundtrack. I don't know how to describe it. I don't think I have a feeling of either loving it or hating it. I think I'm indifferent from what, what I are heard. You Switzerland. I guess so. I guess so. I you, yeah, I don't know. I might be with, with your red shirt. <laughs> it fits. And I'm chocolate. That's perfect. So hey, that's fucking awesome. It's um I I I gotta say, I know why you chose it, Jeremy. It was obvious why you picked that because I because I've been holding up this and I'm like I've been I've, there's two separate times I'm like, I'm going to watch it. And there's something has always happened where I just have had a chance to watch it. And then it's like, you know, listen, whatever forces are out there are like, um, you're not going to like this anyway. So right when you're about to press start, one of the kids is going to run into the room screaming, you don't need to watch it. Or the other time you're going to watch it, something's going to happen where the internet's going to cut out and you can't watch it anyway. Like something kept happening for me not to see that's it. So some, I'm like, yeah, that's stuff? some fake shit right there. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm an atheist and I'm not into that spiritual stuff, but something was like, dude watch paint dry or something instead it just didn't um it didn't do it for me i'm not a fan of of medleys i don't like medleys so a lot of the songs on this are medleys or stuff one of them yeah this there's a song on here that completely completely turned me off i'm an 80s what was it i'm an 80s kid at heart at heart and one of my favorite movies ever ever is the last dragon i love that movie oh. and there's a song by debarge yeah. rhythm of the night which is one of my favorite tracks ever and i'm sorry jeremy these people abused it no don't sing that shit that's not for you i heard it i'm like what is going on i heard the medley the i heard her start singing i'm like she's not singing that She's not, she is singing that. <laughs> what the hell's going on? And only because it was you did I let her finish. Any other person fix this, I fast and I go right through it. I'm like, do not touch some debarred stuff. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm human. I'm human. I had a bad taste in my mouth, giggity, from then on into the rest giggity. of the album. It just did not do me. Nobody should touch that song like you couldn't even recover after like that I, point. I was hurt like i was injured i'm like on the ground my leg is broke and nobody's there to help me and i had to just deal with it but well harvey you always let her finish <laughs> <laughs> always let her finish first no doubt but so, i mean yeah. and well the, it's funny you mentioned that song because that song's only in the actual movie for a few minutes because that's you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman actually getting to talk for the first time and they're dancing on the floor because she mistakes him for the person she's supposed to be dancing with. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing that's where they follow it up with El Tango, Day Rock. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Oh, my bad. I'll get into that. I just remembered, get... I remember hearing uh, you and McGregor and uh, old, uh, what, Kidman. Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. on that track. She's not on that track. Yes, she is. On Roxanne, El Tango, yeah, El Tango did Roxanne, yeah. I don't think she. I don't. I listened to that like two, three times today, and she's not on that track. Oh no, no, wait. It. I think it. Wait, was it Hindi Sad Diamonds? Is that it? Was Ewan McGregor and her on? It's. It's. it's No, no, that's John Linguizamo. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of voting based on names. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. 
because I we'll get to my we'll we'll get to well, we'll get to my shit. Harvey, is your review slash rant over? Oh shit! I did that to Harvey every goddamn time. It's all Harvey right, bro. Be, I know. I know, Chancey. You need your space to to. Harvey release. be Har, Harvey be talking, and I'm just like, no, I'm a, no, I'm, like, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking now. No, I'm sorry, Harvey. Yes. No, no, I, no. As as co-host, I have to let you. I no, I insist you finish. Don't make me call your cat. Finish. Don't make me call your cat. Listen. That, oh, that I know. Will... I never did tell that story either. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do we're that after we do the fives. We're, we're running long enough. Just do it after the show ends. <laughs> All right. At this point, yeah, everything I said about that—that's pretty, pretty much where I stood with it. But I'll, I'll, I'll mention a little bit more when I tell you my top. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Sir Chancellor, you're on. Um, since we're running on time, I'm going to keep it short and just go with what I was going to call my uh, honorable mention is that my only mention for this as well as other albums such as this will forever be thank, you know, thank goodness it's over once it was because I hate musicals. I always hate musicals. I always like for me, like what, like really, and I, I'm not gonna lie. What it is for me in musicals is the whole like element where people will be going and doing shit, and then like they're in public, and all of a sudden, all these just all these motherfuckers in public just random, just they're like straight random, all singing and dancing and shit, and like you know, flash mobbing and shit. Like nah, fuck you. Like nah. But see, no. that's that's not this musical. In this musical, it strings together better. It's it's like your music. It has better flow throughout the whole movie for that. It's possibly. It's not it's like possible. Like I'm not a fan of musicals like Singing in the Rain and stuff like that either, because it's all too fake to me. I like musicals where it actually feels natural. Like, like, like I per- hate across the universe so much. It just you bastard, the- you bastard. See. You, like your words mean nothing to me now, Jeremy, because what you were trying to say is right there contradicted by the fact that you hate my hatred of across the universe because you can't simply say that it's the things Beatles. That you just said, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles, but me like, neither. I think they're overrated. I'm a, I agree. I'm a, I'm a, John Lennon and Paul McCartney uh, are two of the greatest songwriters ever. That's. I, I mean, that's I would say that's disputable ever is strong because like, I mean, the dude that wrote for Elton John and Elton John were pretty good. And like, you know, Freddie Mercury was pretty tight. Oh, I agree with both those options. But I mean, they wouldn't exactly. exist without Queen wouldn't have existed without fucking Beatles being first. So you're talking about Tim Rice. He's the one that wrote with Elton John, right? Yeah, it's, it's, Tim Rice. Yeah, yeah. right. And Trust then, me, I've seen I've seen um, what the fuck's name of it? Rocket Man. Yeah, I've seen Rocket Man. I love that fucking movie. I love that movie, and I love uh, Freddie Mercury's movie too. I can't think of the name of it for some reason. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, I I saw both those in recent years, and I love those. Like, I actually want to watch both yeah. those again because they're so good. I mean, they're good movies. I yeah, mean, it's just you know, like the, the actor who played both of them like did an amazing job in the roles. I I would have to disagree to say that. Queen would not have been famous had it not been for the Beatles because Freddie Mercury's talent was enough on its own to propel any 
Like he could have been a part of anything and would have made it better. Agreed. Which is ultimately the story of what happened in the first one place. One of the greatest voices ever. Oh, hundred percent. Trust me, Queen will be on this show at some point. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I just got. Uh, I got to be strategic. Strategical with that one, but. But yeah, like I just you know I fucking I I just like I said my hatred for musicals really uh it really had a nasty bias. But I did. I was able to actually, actually able to find uh, songs that I could enjoy. You know, especially knowing like you and McGregor and and uh, Nicole Kidman were singing in one of them, and John like with Zombo and all the other shit. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, but uh, it's, it's actually funny because John Lee Guizamo plays a drunk dwarf. That'd be fucking that of course, of course he does. Why well of course he does. Why wouldn't he? That's but great. is your review over then, Chancy, or do you have more to add? Yep, I'm a, I'm done. All right. So I'll give my top five plus my two honorable mentions. My two honorable mentions are one day I'll fly away because it's not one of my favorite songs. I mean it's a good it's a good part of the movie, but it's not one of my favorite songs because it's just not it's a it's an okay song, but it's not Nicole Kim and her best. But it makes sense in the movie, so I had to give her it as honorable mention. And before this movie, I never knew either of these actress or actor could sing. That's the thing. Valid. I knew I didn't see this movie till after I saw Attack of the Clones. So I knew you and Big Fish. So I knew you and McGregor only as Obi Wan Kenobi and the guy from Big Fish. I never, so saw, I, I never saw him in anything else until I saw this movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, okay. when, in like the opening That would have been shocking. Exactly. And like in the opening scene of the movie, one of the opening scenes of the movie, basically he moves into an apartment in France because he wants to go live his life and join the Bohemian uh, revolution that's happening for artists. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the 1890s or 1920s, something like that. Oh. But... <laughs> But basically, he, go, he goes, he, he wants to be a writer. So he's starting to, trying to write a love story, but he's never been in love yet. So he can't tell you what's, he can't tell, he can't tell anybody about love because he doesn't know what love is. And then the character you hear in El Tango de Roxanne singing most of it falls through his ceiling and he finds out they're rehearsing a play upstairs that they're trying to sell to the Moulin Rouge to put on there. Mm-hmm. And it's John Leguizamo and a bunch of other characters that are ne- no, actors you've never heard of before. Okay. And basically, when he in that scene when he meets them and they're trying to think of a lyric to a song they're trying to put in the play, and he just all of a sudden belts out from the sound of music, "The hills are alive with music," like it's like holy shit, he can sing. Like it's hmm. incredible. Like it's incredible when you first see it. It's just like, and that's when the movie picks up. That's right there is up until that point in the movie, it's kind of like, oh, this is boring. But at, when at that point from to the end of the movie, the movie's amazing. But so. One day I'll fly away. It's not her best work, but it's Nicole Kidman singing pretty damn good solo song because she's sick of being a hooker and she wants to get out of the life. But, and my other honorable mention, I sent to both of you, but it wasn't on this soundtrack. But Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an honorable mention because it's sung by, I forget his name as an actor because he hasn't been in much, but he plays the owner of the Moulin Rouge who is like the head performer for like all their shows they do. And... It's a copy of Queens. The show must go on, basically. But 
they do it if not, almost as good as Queen, I'd say. Almost as good as Queen, if not a little better because they threw a female voice in and Queen didn't. Because no, Nicole Kidman sings it with them after a certain point. But it's a damn good song. I freaking love that song. I love Queen's version. I love their version of it. But I heard Moulin Rouge's version before I ever heard Queen's version. That's the thing. But my number five is Hindi Sad Diamonds. Because I like the Sparkling Diamond song in the beginning of the movie they did. Bingo points. Ah. But Hindi Sad Diamonds is a song they do in the play that the people wrote for the Moulin Rouge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's in the play. And that's why they took the diamond song that she always sung in the club anyway. And they turned it into this, like, cause the whole play takes place in India. So uh-huh. that's why they made like a Hindi version of it. And I like the, the music in it is like cool. Like I like the, in the Indian music involved with like the classic diamonds are a girl's best friend song. Mm-hmm. It's just a very good mix. And it's, glorious to watch this scene because them all dressed up for the actual play is like gorgeous i mean they're hookers so they're going to be good looking at least most at least most of them one one would think and my number four was children of the revolution which just so you know the version that's on the soundtrack is nothing like the version in the movie because they sing that song in the beginning of the movie when they're drinking absinthe when, that's, that's when Kylie Minogue's in the movie is because she plays the green fairy that they see once they start drinking absinthe. Thanks. And they sing it there a little bit before they go to the Moulin Rouge, and then they sing it at the end of the play in the final scene of the play. And it's... I like this song because it like, gives you hope. I forget. Bono's on the version of the CD, which... It's, it's Bono, so you got, you got to respect Bono. At least to some degree. I mean, I guess... Hey, I like you, oh, I like two or three of the YouTube songs. Oh, I'm not a big U2 fan, but I respect Bono's singing ability. That's for damn sure. But number three is El Tango de Roxanne because I love the original Singing the Police version of Roxanne. But I like this Double version. Bingo. I like this version better, though, because it has like an Adam's Family type music to it like it's kind of it sounds like the music that adam's family plays like in the dance scenes in the movies on the harpsichord yeah like that's what it sounds like and basically in this scene in the movie the it's sung like i want to say in the second half of the movie because it's nicole kidman's character has to go and sleep with the duke who's been trying to who's been paying for them to put this play on the movie and he renovated the whole place and, but his only request was is that Nicole Kidman is his and no one else could touch her because as he says in the movie, I don't like people touching my things. Like he's basically like a baby. He's like he's like a he's like a rich man who's a baby because he's rich. But and it's just so in the in this scene, he had, Nicole Kidman is forced by Harold Ziegler, the owner of the club, to have dinner with him. And basically right. and basically he almost date rapes her, but luckily the one big black guy in the movie actually comes and knocks out the Duke, but which respect is hell for that move. But because that's that's one thing that's one thing that I didn't like about this movie is there's literally only one black actor in this movie, which kind of was disappointing. But it's France, so I don't get it because France had a lot of people that immigrated there from Africa. Right. But well, I mean, just I mean, but whatever. It's the early two thousands. They did what they did, but. I can't change that. But El Tango de Roxanne is basically 
this character trying to explain to, to Ewan McGregor's character that you can't fall in love with a hooker because she's only in it for the money. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife French style. Basically, but he's he's dancing with a hooker this whole song, and then eventually everybody in the room, all the guys in the room start dancing with different hookers, and like the scene's just memorizing. And then towards the end, Ewan McGregor's like singing it as he walks out. He's And like he's saying like, his lips upon your lips, his hands upon your body, like it's more than I could stand. I can feel that emotion when he says that because I've been in, I've been in relationships where they freaking where girls have done things with other guys without me knowing. I found out later. This song just brings those emotions to the forefront. And like I can completely understand that. I mean, it's just that's why this song is so meaningful to me. It's just rips apart my soul kind of my past i mean i moved past it i got a wife now i'm happy but it's just my past come back number two of course is elephant love medley which is un undebatably the most popular song that come out of this movie that's For- like the third time bro <laughs> this just this album that is three Dude, whatever bingo thing, like I am, I am totally in the lead. And if this is anything, if this is any like, you know, omen to what's going to be happening when we do the trivia stuff, like I shall, I shall, I shall smite thee. You'll be drunk. I don't drink. You and a Freddy, man. Jesus. But I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Like I just I just don't. Like it makes me dizzy, makes me sick. I get I that. Like it. I get that, but but Elephant Love Medley is just yes, it's all it's a medley, Harvey. It's right there in the title. But it it it's some of the greatest I know, I know. It's it's fucking kiss, it's fucking Elton John. Celine Dion, it's so many There's artists. a lot of good shit in there. It's so many good artists and so many good songs thrown into one. I mean, how and can it's you fucking well, he was actually anti-Star Wars, so I guess I can't say and it was Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's fucking Nicole Kidman, bro. Like this is the song that made me fall in love with this movie because this basically happens when they put on a whole fake show for the, like he was up in her elephant, which is why it's called elephant love medley. Cause she lived in an elf. She lived in like an elephant statue that was outside of the club. And that was her room. Like she had her own room in that. And the elephant, it was actually pretty fucking cool looking, but what the fuck? look, look it up on YouTube sometime. It's actually pretty I keep cool. My, I keep my hose. I keep my hose out in the elephant, but what? well, you gotta understand what? she's, she's the star of this, uh, escort house this whorehouse she's the star of it she's the hooker that you have to pay the most money to get to but she's so so she she lives in this elephant and basically after after they convince the duke to renovate the club like you and mcgregor hears her singing one day i'll fly away and like he climbs up the elephant to like be with her and like she keeps saying like you have to leave i'm gonna get in trouble with with harold if i if he sees you here and he starts singing the elephant love medley to her and just goes like, it's like a back and forth thing as they're walking around the elephants, like the outside of the elephant. And eventually he just convinces her that like, it's going to happen. Just let it happen. Like not in a rapey way, but like. I would say like, what, like Rocky Balboa date rape in the kitchen style or what? No, it's more like he convinces her like, you should fall in love with me because I'm going to make it worth your while. But that's why this song is. 
that's why this song builds to the point where it's like him trying to convince her, like with starting with Kiss, like I was made for loving you. And like yeah. she, she <laughs> and she and she like just rebutes him like to, up until like the middle of the song where finally she starts seeing it like his way. So it's to me, it just worked perfectly in the movie and it just was an amazing fucking song. Like that right. song, I go listen to that song Amen of Any Day and just feel happy. Okay. Okay. But number one, and there's a very specific reason for this, is come what may. Because uh. they put that in the play in the movie because it's supposed to be their like secret love song to each other that even if it's in the play and even if she's acting like she loves the Duke because she wants the money to renovate the Moulin Rouge, like she's, this is their song. So they know that they still love each other. Okay. Okay. And eventually it gets caught on by them, but at the end of the, it also pretty much ends the movie in the final act because it's, it's he he basically walks out on stage because he got told like stay away or like she convinces him to stay away because the duke tells his bodyguard if he comes to the show tonight shoot him and so he tells harold that and then harold tells her like you have to make him leave you have to make him go away so he actually comes and he gets drunk and he comes into the play while it's in the middle going on and Mm -hmm. he, he throws a fistful of cash onto the ground and he's like I paid my whore guess you never loved me anyway and like or he says it better than I did but and he starts he walks off the stage and as he's about to exit the building she starts singing that song so that's when he like that's how the movie basically almost ends like that's not quite the ending but it's almost the end and it's just it's amazing that song like it just it makes everybody realize that they're really in love and that they need to start respecting her enough to make her let her love who she wants to love without it being about money. And then the movie is a very sad ending after that, but I'm not gonna ruin that for anybody who hasn't seen it, even though it's been 21 years since this movie came out. But that's my top five, my two honorable mentions. Harvey, I See, am I'm kicking the shit out of you in this bingo thing. Harvey, I'm dying to hear. All right. We have two songs in common, I think. What we share, the number one. I agree with you with Come What May. That's my number one. That's actually, it's a, I like this. I like the song. I did have to say, I didn't love all the music, but that I enjoyed that one. So that's my number one. Number two is One Day I'll Fly Away. Interesting track. I enjoyed the the music. I enjoyed the vocals. I enjoyed it. This is me literally going in order. I was usually going backwards, but I'm just gonna go straight through. Um, what were you gonna say? Does it make does that song make more sense now that I explain what it's about? I understood. Oh, okay. I understood it, but yeah. Um yeah. the rest of the stuff is weird. <laughs> Number three is Complete de la Batte. Really? Yeah. I found that song interesting. Um, can't say why. A lot of these songs, I can't really explain why I like them. It's just got to be sometimes music just hits you in a specific way, in a particular right. way, and you can't really explain it. I liked it. Um, number four, and this is strictly because it's a song that I remember long before this movie did it, was Lady Marmalade. Dude, that's I, funny. Yeah. Bingo. 
I love <laughs> this song. I love this when LaBelle did it in the 70s. I yeah. love Patti LaBelle. I've always loved that song. And was not Patty particularly, LaBelle. and I was not a fan of this remake. But they did it for the movie and whatever. And, that's and I actually remember in the 2001 MTV Music Awards, Little Kim and Missy Elliott and all the other one, all, all four, and Pink and the other one who were on it. We're all on. They all came out and performed it at the MTV Music Awards, and I'm pretty sure Patty LaBelle was with them. I'm, she might have come out and sing the hook or something. I'm trying to think. It's Missy. It's Little Kim. It's possible. It's Maya. Maya's probably the person you know. Yeah, Maya's what I couldn't think of. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I listened to that song, and I'm like, I remember the actual version. I'm hearing this. It's okay. I didn't need the rap version to it. I liked it the way it was. It was provocative enough when it came out. Yeah. They just had to, you know, bu- you know, just bump it up a bit for the movie. Yeah, the bump it up but for yeah. Like I, like I, Gotta like make I, that money. Like I said in the chat during the week, like it was only in the movie for a second. Like in the when they first go in the Moulin Rouge, it's like part of the mel- medley that's playing in the Moulin Rouge. Like, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It wasn't really a big part of the movie, so that's why it wasn't on my list because I just I wasn't a big fan of it either. Like. The original version is so much better. I agree. And I think the only other song we agree on, for me, number five, is Elephant Love Medley. And I don't like medleys. But I kind of... I'm like back It's one of those stuff. ones where... Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm for worth I'm totally with you, man. Like, yeah. I was it surprised is. to hear you say you liked it, but... How can you not, though? Because it's so many classic it's like, rock songs. It's classic rock songs put together in a really brilliant way. Like, yeah. Like, My thing is, is that I got to like a cover. I got to like when somebody yeah. does songs that I like. I don't like when somebody does it the way and do it the way I don't like it. So that's why I had the problem with Rhythm of Night, because I don't like the way they do it. But this was acceptable. It was OK. I recognize what the songs were. I, re- I like how Say, they put them together. <laughs> <laughs> so it was okay for me so those are my five um based on the music and to see how it's put together i'll, I, I'll try to make a little bit more buddy. effort You're famous. to actually You're famous. see this to actually see the movie um I I, yeah, if i yeah if these kids go to bed early enough and i've got some time and i think it is hbo max i'm not sure where it is but if that's it if um if i get time i'll watch it and then i'll probably have a, a different review or a different appreciation for the music but that's my top five uh, I respect that. I mean, the the elephant love medley was freaking amazing, and I, I respect that. the The company de la boo, like that's like that. that's 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 one of those tracks that's like in the background of the of the movie. Like it's not really like, but I want to hear from Harvey. What did you think of the Nature Boy opening and closing by David Bowie? I love David Bowie. Yeah, I'm easy. I like David Bowie, so I'm, I'm fine easy, with that. Easy, he says. I'm um, easy. Yeah, he's a, a classic. Easy like Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. So I enjoyed them both. And but, it's Nature Boy, so I kind of, in my head, Ric Flair pops up. But yeah, I, I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I enjoyed them. I enjoyed But, but I mean, yeah, I Nature Boy is what does open the movie. Like, that's. But I like that they use the Beatles lyrics for that one because mm. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's a Beatles song, right? Kind of. Yeah. Like we spoke of May things, fools and kings. Like that's a Beatles song. I believe that is. A or a Paul McCartney song. I forget which, but. Essentially him. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Sir Chancellor, your top five. Yes. Well, here we go. Um, this is not in any, this is in no particular order because 
I kind of basically went into it just like I got to get to this because I got to write down five of them. And then I kind of came across like, wow, hold on a second. Wait a minute. These aren't too terrible. Because like I wrote down Lady Marmalade. I, I remember forgot about it, which is weird. That's one thing that really I wanted to kind of point out kind of in favor for the album in and of itself is that like I knew I had that gimme point right out the gate. And while I was listening to it, I forgot about it being there. And then. Uh, well, it's funny while you're drinking, I'll say this because the Lady Marmalade song, all I ever think of when I hear the course of that is the episode of Fresh Prince where Hillary goes to see a psychic and and Will gets up in the psychic space and he's like, gitchy, gitchy, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's all I ever think when I hear that song <laughs> is that one episode of Fresh Prince. <laughs> but uh mine actually my so number one for me is uh because we can uh oh, number two surprise what i'm surprised why by is that, that? why i don't know just because that's a song they did just for the album kind of because that's part of like the opening melody when they go into the moulin rouge in the beginning just like the capon de la boot or not a quid boot like um the other song harvey said but I forget which one it is, but it's it's just one of those opening songs. Like it's like Lady Marmalade. Like it's like it's, it's just in that opening like medley they do when they go into the Moulin Rouge, and that's the song that Nirvana is into as well. But oh, uh, okay, okay. But, but and I wish they put that on CD, but they actually didn't put that on either of the soundtracks. I don't know why. Maybe too many licensing rights. I don't freaking know. Probably. But but no, yeah, it was definitely you know because we can kind of just caught caught my ear. And then the Elephant Love medley caught my ear because I was like, holy shit, is that fucking Ian McGregor? And then I was like, oh my God, it fucking is. And then uh, I'm pretty sure it was him anyway. Either way, I, I know at one point I looked up and saw that Nicole killed the Kidman and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi were singing a fucking song together. And I was like, well, shit. And then... Uh, uh, El Tango de Roxanne, of course, because it's fucking awesome. And I knew, then I, I, knew, like, I, I like Roxanne as well. I know you picked that one because of like the Adams Family type like background. Like I knew well, you, that. Well, yeah. you you and there's, your Adams, you love Adams Family more than I do, so I could definitely tell you would pick that. Uh, I mean, there's that plus there's there's that plus you know the whole you know John Link or not John Link's album, but uh. The original uh, Sting. police Sting. Sting, yeah, it was Sting, yeah. The whole Sting reference to his song and whatnot. But I like that. This then one, I like that this one's more depressing and more like sad than like Sting. Right. Stings is kind of like an upbeat thing. It's like Roxanne, yeah, it's kind of, well, Roxanne, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they had to play it upbeat, otherwise they probably wouldn't have been. People would have been like, "What the fuck is this shit going on here?" If somebody would have listened to the words, they'd be like, what the fuck are they trying to put on this album? Yeah. But no, I, uh, uh, yeah, uh, number four, it was around the time where I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to find another one that I like. So I I was like, okay, I'll take the gimme with Lady Marmalade. And I was just literally on, because I needed to fill a slot, buzzing. 
Uh, uh, number five for me was Hindi Sad Diamonds. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's catchy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I just, when I hear that Bollywood sound of like Hindi music, it's just like something clicks in my head and I'm just like, what is this now? Like, I don't know. I just, I can't watch Bollywood movies, but I can listen to their music any day. Like I'll go to I'll go I'll straight go to an Indian restaurant and just listen to that music and like be jamming to it. <laughs> it's funny their pop music is so similar to ours but so different at the same time because like it, I actually saw I learned how they do their dances by watching Sesame Street with my cousin's kid. Huh. Because, All right then. Because they actually, uh, I think it's uh, Grover and his partner he runs around with all the time when they go around the city and learn things like it was one of those things because i saw the episode like five oh, right i saw the episode like 10 times because my cousin's kid when i used to watch every friday night was really into it so we used to watch sesame street for hours on end but yeah abby Kadabi. but <laughs> but all right so we got all the albums talked about so and actually harvey's actually considering watching the movie now so i accomplish my goal i came to basically a win for you now i may make Vito sit on you and make you watch it but fucking i mean if you get it he'll if you i mean if you pay to me probably do it that's just because that's just because he's an asshole (laughs) i'm waiting to hear him from the background like fuck you chancy But because no, uh, he knows he knows I ain't lying. If you paid him <laughs> enough money, he would actually forcibly sit me down and make me watch a movie. Yes, he would absolutely do it. Well, if he's like me, all you have to do is put a leg across you and you'd be stuck in one place. So but yeah, yeah. yeah. How much, Vito? How much? But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. As his attorney, I'll have to make the appropriate negotiations for, on his behalf. <laughs> It's going to be like Trower Park Boys when freaking, uh, what's his name? I can't even think of it right now. Fucking. What? Ricky? No. Well, Ricky, but who's the celebrity who wants to sleep with uh, Ricky's wife, Ricky's ex-wife? Oh, I forgot. I have no idea. Tom. Tom no, not Tom. Tom uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's the episode with Snoop Dogg and. Oh, my God. I want to say Tom McDonald, but I know it's not right just because. Fucking Freddie always putting that in my head. Tom, Ar- <laughs> Tom, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Tom Arnold wants to fuck Lucy, and he tells, he tells, uh, why am I blinking on all the? He tells Sarah, I'll give, I'll give you two thousand dollars if you could hook, hook me up with her. Oh no, oh no. He, he tell, yeah, he tells, no, he, t- oh no, I'm fucking this all up. He tells Julian, I'll give you five thousand dollars if you can make this happen, and then he goes to Sarah. He's like, I'll give you twenty. He's like, Tom Rollins wanted to pay $2,500 if you can make this happen. And she goes to Lucy and he, she's like, $1,000 is a lot of money. You can make $1,000 if this happens. Like, they're all taking their cut out of it as they make it happen. Well, of course. That's what you negotiating for Vito reminds me of. But <laughs> Right? Right? It's going to be like, it's gonna be like Vito says $10,000. Oh, no. Vito said 20 bucks. <laughs> but, all right. Well, it's that time, Chancy. That time where... One, we thank Harvey for coming on and putting up with our nonsense. And, of course, we had to go with the other statesman bastard for the first one. Indubitably. So, 
Next week, we shall have the headmaster himself, Freddie Fisher. Jancy, what are you bringing to the table for Mr. Fisher? Um, to get the name and uh, everything of the information for my album, I will have to pull it off of my just name the artist. Phone. Just oh, name. Sun, it's Sunhouse. It's that Sunhouse album I was talking about where it's just going to be like a bunch of Mississippi Delta Blues. I was inspired. Yeah, well, Harvey inspires us all in different ways. You're welcome. You know? Yeah, oh, no, for real. You're, he, you should thank him because it's, it's, good, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Well, I had a lot of debate in my head, same as I did with Harvey for Freddie, because I know mm. there are some rap I wanted to bring, but I'm like, because it is a rap week for me for this next week. And Freddie, like, I know Freddie's not in the rock right now anyway, really. So rap's going to be what he wants regardless. And I was originally thinking, he likes Mad Child. Maybe I should do some, some more Mad Child. But I'm like, no, that's too easy. I want something he hasn't really heard before. But he did say he was interested in it in our chat after our first episode of this show. So I'm throwing him Esham's Judgment Day, Volume 1. Because nice. I can't I can't throw the whole CD on because it's 30 songs with both sides combined. Yeah, right. Because it's what it's hardcore. Because it's classic early 90s rap where it's a two-side CD. But right. But he's gonna get Esham's Judgment Day Volume One. And I know you're gonna enjoy that too, Jancy, because you dug Esham last time. And this yeah. is this is Esham truly hitting his his uh nickname as the unholy black devil. Yeah. Interesting. So, I will That's make. A, I will break down the CD into a into the first fifteen songs to a playlist and send it to you and Freddie. I wish I would have known that it was a two disc uh, set, and then I would have. I would have been. I would have been like, mine is the second disc to the disc to the whole ass album. <laughs> no, it's it's appreciated more if it's listened to separate. Trust me. I'd be like bullet and butterfly wings because by it, Smashing Pumpkins because it's like literally a two CD thing and it's, it's got awesome songs on everywhere. But no, it's no, like I, I get it. It's more like Vanilla Ice. It it's more like <laughs> oh it's, god no. It's more like Vanilla Ice's bipolar CD he put out in one where like uh, where like both CDs are different completely, but they're right. on, but they're the same album. But right. know, we gotta do. Right. I might bring up part two for another bastard or um. Or maybe someone else from Masturbators, but we'll see. All right. Yeah, well, I'll have that information to you before before uh, sundown tomorrow. Sounds good to me. So, so that way we can get all do all that stuff, and then I'm gonna find out what it is Freddie's gonna have us listening to. Yes, I am quaking with that one, but <laughs> I'm, I'm quite. Yes, I'm a quiver with anticipation. Give me all the wrong feelings right there, buddy. But, <laughs> but once again, thanks to the great Harvey Laguerre and to all our listeners. If you want to get inspired, check out Men of the Prize and check out Love is Black. I haven't listened to Love is Black yet, but I've heard great things. I just have too many podcasts and love podcasts are not my thing. Just me. But Men, Men of the Prize, I've heard every episode of, and it's a damn good show. And it makes you stop and think about yourself as a man. And I am and I am also on an episode of it, and maybe Sir Chancellor can get on an episode in the second season. 
on that, I'm definitely not against the idea. I mean, I, I fucking love Harvey, dude. Harvey's an awesome guy. And I haven't had a chance to get through a full episode of his, of uh, Men of the Prize yet, but it's on my uh, my next, like literally top of the list for next up on 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 podcasts to listen to when I have time. Yeah, well, not not, not a half time. I'm gonna make time because that's how much I like you, Harvey. Make time because three of the bastards are on it, and we had three pretty good episodes. Damn right. We weren't we weren't as tear jerking as a lot of the episodes, but we were interesting. Yes, definitely. Right on. But well, that's gonna do it for us tonight because we have been going for hour and forty five minutes at this point. So, which is fine. Yeah. We thank you for listening to Maniacal Music Musings, and we will be back next week, same time on Parahost Network streaming. And have a good night. Say goodbye, Chancy. Bye, Chancy. Bye, Chancy. <laughs>